0: Hello, my name is Sonia Nicholas, and I'm the clinical diagnostics editor for Select Science. I'm delighted to introduce you today to Stan Lapidus, the president, CEO, and founder of Synaptics, and Mark DePristo, the vice president of informatics for the company. Synaptics is a private company which is developing laboratory diagnostic services for autism and neurodevelopmental disorders with the initial goal of enabling earlier detection of autism spectrum disorders. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me today. Stan, perhaps you could start us off by giving us a brief overview of the autism spectrum disorders.
1: Autism spectrum disorders occur in the United States and uh, the UK as well at a frequency of about one to two percent of children, more prevalent in males than in females. These are disorders that are characterized by uh, speech and language impairment, uh, not due to physical um, uh, reasons, social impairment which is perhaps the most heartbreaking aspect of autism, and characteristics behaviors which are perhaps the most notable aspect of autism. Very often one might see a child, an adult, flapping or rocking. Children are locked in. So often, children, severely affected children are locked in and have no ability to communicate with their parents, to communicate broadly. Um, So it's it's quite a um, uh, terrible disorder and it's been on the upswing. Prevalence is about 10 times greater than it was 20 years ago. No one quite knows why. Uh, There clearly are genetic factors that, that are behind autism, there clearly are environmental factors, but there's no clear etiology. There are lots of opinions, but no clear consensus on what the cause of autism is.
0: And so why is early detection so beneficial to the children who are affected?
1: Uh, during early childhood, the brain is especially plastic. It's growing, making new neural connections all the time. As one gets older, the plasticity of the brain decreases. One simply learns less. The only therapy for autism today is behavioral therapy. I should say that for the longest time, there was no therapy at all, and children were thought to be doomed to a fate in which they were locked in. The advent of behavioral therapy in the late 1980s has given parents, has given schools, has given the children themselves an important lifeline. For a large fraction of children, behavioral therapy removes, works so well that the autism label is removed. And what is behavioral therapy? It's very, very intensive interaction, either one-on-one with the child or in small groups. Very intensive, 40 hours a week of constant interaction with the child, focusing on communication, And social skills Um, behavioral therapy works best uh, when a child is young and and works much less well as the child gets older it's very important to identify these children at age two or three because the outcomes are much better if the child is identified at two or three than if the child is identified at five or six In the U.S. specifically and Western countries in general, the average age of diagnosis, unfortunately, is closer to four and a half or to five than it is to two or three. So the great win for um, early diagnosis would be for, uh, for companies like Synaptics would be to catch kids at a younger age and to give them a chance at having the benefits of behavioral therapy.
0: And so, can you tell us more about the test that you are developing to help identify children at risk for autism?
1: We're developing a test that's based on RNA expression in blood. So we're looking at changes in gene levels in blood that are um, increase the risk of a child ultimately being diagnosed on the autism spectrum disorder. This work was pioneered by a science and scientist and a clinician at Children's Hospital in Boston, Zach Kohana and Luke Kunkel are the scientists, and uh, Lenny Rappaport, Dr. Leonard Rappaport, heads the Division of Developmental Medicine at Children. It was really work that began in their laboratory that we have been expanding upon.
0: Thank you, Stan. Mark, how has current gene sequencing technology enabled you to develop this test? What's really
2: been transformative is the the access to instruments uh, that allow us to very directly assay the RNA molecules in blood. So it would have been impossible 20 years to do this at all. Ten years ago we would have been forced to use a microarray based technology that had um, lower fidelity and, and was more rigid than what we can do today. And today with next gen sequencing we can we can really look at a high fidelity, very flexible assay that lets us look at many aspects of expression in cells uh, and it's just fundamentally more informative than what we could have done before.
0: And which next-generation sequencing platform are you using?
2: Uh, we're currently using Illumina HiSeq instruments.
0: Could you tell us a little bit more about how the Illumina platform performs next-generation sequencing?
2: Sure. So it really begins at the a, 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 a preparation of blood samples from patients and, and, and turning these into RNA libraries, which is actually the molecules that we want to count and use in using our assays. Uh, this is historically an extremely challenging thing to do reproducibly and do it with high accuracy, and it's an area that we've invested. Uh, so we've developed a proprietary method that performs extremely well at, at doing that uh, conversion from blood to RNA. Uh, the second piece is where the Illumina instrument actually becomes involved. Mm-hmm. This is really From our perspective, leveraging what is a very large-scale DNA sequencing effort, this is, for instance, at Illumina itself or at at my former uh, place of work at the Broad, we simply convert our RNA molecules into DNA and then are directly assaying those. But fundamentally, this produces what is a raw data type. It's just observations of molecules without any context. They're not on the genome or related to genes in any way. And that really segues into our third piece, which is another area we've invested heavily and have a proprietary technology that's really allowing us to very accurately place those molecules on the genome so we can understand them in in the context of the genome. We can count accurately the expression of different genes and feed that into a feature and machine learning pipeline that allows us to identify signatures for autism in the blood.
0: Thank you very much, Mark can you tell us about the story clinical trial that you were undertaking?
1: So in March, we commenced recruiting into a study we call Storing, S-T-O-R-Y, It's the largest diagnostic study, multi-site study for autism that we believe we believe has ever been conducted. We're recruiting six hundred and sixty children in 20 sites across Canada and the United States. Um, each child is evaluated, uh, these these children are recruited at developmental medicine centers or at autism centers. So they have been referred uh, because of symptoms of developmental delay, which could be associated with autism or other developmental disorders. This is a referral population. Every child is thoroughly evaluated at each site. Um, And every enrollee, every child who is enrolled also has has given uh, some blood for RNA analysis. So, we conduct the RNA analysis, the sites conduct the clinical evaluation. At the end of the study, the correlation between uh, the blood analysis and the um, clinical diagnosis will be compared.
0: And what happens after the story study has been completed?
1: Well, this is a study in a referral population, um, and it does address the question uh, in what's called uh, an intended use population of determining, um, can we determine an autism risk score for children who are showing symptoms of developmental delay. We then need to take it to a pediatric population. So before commercial launch, we'll be conducting pre-launch activities, including evaluating the test in a primary care, in many primary care pediatric settings.
0: And what do you see to be the future for autism diagnostics, Dan?
1: I mentioned earlier, that the causes the etiology of autism is unknown but there's there is now a lot of research being done by first-rate groups looking at genetic factors at environmental factors at immunologic factors my sense is that we're at the beginning of a very long uh process complicated process into understanding the causes of this this disorder and finally into treating this disorder uh, with drugs and uh, perhaps more effectively than behavioral therapy can do alone today. So the pace, as it always is, alas, in, in medicine, is not super quick, but I think the future is a bright future.
0: Stan and Mark, thank you very much for talking to me today. It's been extremely interesting.
1: Thank you, Sonia.
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you.